What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Life with Libby. I am so dang happy to have you out here. Um, I feel like, again, I'm on Fox News. I have a full setup. <laughs> I have a co-host today. Um, and the straw microphone is still back here in action because I kind of want to keep it. Like, I feel like this should be part of my brand. Life with Libby, the straw microphone. <laughs> How many times do you hit it? <laughs> um, yes, make it a drinking game. That, you know what? I bet you if I were to make t-shirts with that, that would sell. Be like, but put like the microphone. Some, can somebody who's good at art, can somebody draw that up for me? Like this right here, if you're looking, if you're watching the, if you're watching the video, if you're not watching the video, go watch the video so that you can get the full effect of this. Um, a Yeti cup with a silicone straw and the microphone attached. Do you know anybody who can right? do that for me? And then put it on the back. Like life this, with the, Libby. Yeah, life with Libby. Like the front <laughs> says life with Libby, but the back is just like, Yetis and straws and like an American flag. That'd be cool. All right, we're yes. not. That's not what we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> but I do have my first guest today, which is super exciting. This is my friend Carrie. Yes. Um, Carrie had reached out to me because we have we've been friends for a while. Yeah. And we've and this we're going to talk about eating disorders, which is something that both her and I have struggled with. And she reached out to me and she's like, if you ever want somebody on to talk about it, I'm like, I would love that because that's something that I've struggled with. Something that you struggled with, and I think, honestly and truly, a lot of people struggle with, and they don't talk about it. Right. And it's something that I think both you and I are pretty comfy. <laughs> are right. pretty comfy talking about right. it. I don't have an issue talking about it. So, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, <coughs> yeah, so we'll get we'll get right into it. So, I can, I can kind of go first, and we can just kind of yeah. ping pong back and forth. So, I had... Well, I don't even want to say I had. I still... Right have um so i was bulimic for a really long time so if you're not familiar with bulimia it's where you eat and then you throw up <laughs> pretty simple pretty simple <laughs> you eat it and you throw it back up um but i started i think the first time i threw up was i was i was in high school mm-hmm. like i that was the first time i think i was like a sophomore in high school it was around the same time that my panic attack started too which actually from well, hold on. We'll get there. <laughs> lots, of <things. laughs> lots of things. You get to see this in real life. <laughs> How this really goes down. So I think the first time that I had thrown up was in high school, but then it got really, really bad in November of 2016. 2016 mm-hmm. was tough um, because shit kind of hit the fan in August, which five, well, it was five years right. ago. Right now right. is kind of when things hit the fan and then... I got really, really sick, and we'll kind of go into detail more about this, but once you have an eating disorder, it never really goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was bulimic. <laughs> I was bulimic. I was bulimic. <laughs> <laughs> like with me. <laughs> I was bulimic. What were you? <laughs> what did you have? What's your, what's your trauma story? <laughs> Real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What did yeah. you have? So, three years prior to you, in mm-hmm. 2013 of oh, October. Young, okay. So, I was I was diagnosed in October okay. of 2013. How old were you? 13. Oh, shit. Okay. So, um, that's when I was diagnosed. Although, I went, like, misdiagnosed and just didn't really think there was, like, an issue with mm-hmm. me. Um, were you bulimic? I was not. Okay. I had... Anorexia nervosa, the restricting type. So, um, 
the restricting type is a subtype okay. of anorexia. Okay. And it's unlike bulimia where um, it's reoccurrent episodes of binge eating or purging where it ha- that has not occurred within the past three months of when you were diagnosed. So okay. you haven't binged or purged three months prior to diagnosis. Um, and then anorexia nervosa is um, basically just the restricting of energy intake um, leading to weight loss. And with that, then there's a lot of um, brain chemicals in your brain that are then triggered and not working, um, which make it hard for the person who is battling such mental illness to think that there's something wrong with you because of the malnutrition you don't you don't see it's hard to explain yeah an eating disorder in the mind because I used to reference it as there is like the ed side to me which I'll refer to ed is eating disorder yeah so I had part of my mind which was ed and then part of my mind which was Carrie and it got to the point where like 99% of my thoughts every day were yeah, Ed, Ed, and the very little was Carrie making decisions. It was all Ed. Wow. So it just com- came in and just completely took over your noggin. Right. Mm. And that's kind of hard for people to, like, visualize, mm-hmm. because people will just say the common phrase was, you know, just eat it. Just eat it. And what <laughs> it I doesn't learned, work like that. Right. And it doesn't. So, like, and that's one of the things we'll get into, like, how I went through treatment, but... Um, one of the things they tell, like, family and friends, um, of someone who is battling a mental illness like this, that you can't say, like, just eat it. Right. Because it's, it's not that simple. It's a mental illness. Right. And for me, like, it had been growing for quite some time. Yeah. Up until my diagnosis. So, um, yeah, it's not something you just, like, wake up and you have an eating disorder. It, it's. <laughs> Which I feel like some people no, think that it is right, and some people think like you choose to have an eating disorder, right. which is like a big, like misconception as well. Like I didn't choose to go through this. Right. There are many different components that can lead for eating disorders to like take place and happen, such as genetics, where you live, sports you play, etc. Yeah. But yeah, um, there's also those that don't have those factors and it just occurs but it, it happens over time yeah it's not to... yeah it's not just like a wake up one day and you're full-fledged into it like right. it was a it was a gradual thing at least I know for me like I didn't just wake up one day and I was suddenly vomiting right every single day it I got to that point right. I succeeded I got there where right. I was doing it every day but yeah it wasn't just like I woke up one morning and I'm like oh yeah let's let's do this right yeah um so I found recently in recent therapy, we mm-hmm. love therapy. If you don't go to therapy, yep. go to therapy. <laughs> we love therapy. Um, I found that my therapist said to me, my panic attacks, so when I get panic attacks, I don't get them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, not at all what I used to at right. that time. But my therapist, I was explaining my panic attacks to her, and I've talked to you all about this too, but I'll kind of walk you through a little bit panic attack. I dry heave. And I can, and I'll like dry heave and I'll gag and I don't understand. And I told her that. I was like, I don't know why I do that. I was like, I just dry heave. She's like, well, the way that you used to cope with stress was making yourself throw up. I was right. like, ding, 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 light bulb. Like Every, yeah, that came full circle. That makes sense now. So right. having an eating disorder, and we'll talk about your treatment here in a second, because yeah. 
even after you overcome it, like I don't throw up anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have those I don't have those constant daily thoughts of throwing up anymore. They do creep in, <laughs> right. but it's it's not like what it was and it, triggers will still come. Right. Like it will still show up in life and I think that that's sometimes something that people forget is there's right. there's aftermath of this shit forever. And like the way that I look at it too is I I didn't have an eating disorder. I have an eating disorder. I've just learned the ways to cope with yes. the, the triggers when those thoughts start to come back into my head. I've learned the skills and the coping tools to combat those when they yeah. appear. Yeah. And I don't let like my eating disorder define me. Yeah. But when someone when someone wants to be a part of my life or whatever, I do bring it up because yeah. it's a part of who I am yeah. and I don't let it define me like I said, but um it's something to be it, aware of. It's something of. for people to be aware of and yeah. not for people I don't do it for people to feel bad for me. I don't do it for people right. to bring attention <clears throat> to me right. and my past, but for them to acknowledge like maybe she's having a hard time because of this yes. or um, going out to dinner. It was really hard. And like you mentioned, the time that you started going through this as well, right around like Thanksgiving, big family dinners. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to like my family Thanksgiving right after I was diagnosed in October and I told my parents like going into it I was like I, I'm not gonna be able to eat in front of our family right so like I'm gonna eat beforehand so that yep. I'm not feeling the pressure yeah eating in front of my family and that was then like addressed prior with my family of like why I wasn't eating at dinner yeah. but just those little things um are important to like recognize I yes guess. yeah and I think when I think when somebody new comes into your life because I had to do the same thing too is like you let them know because sometimes, like you said, Ed, right. when Ed takes over, everything else yeah, is fucked. No one else Ooh, is that was a hard F-bomb. Sorry, Mom. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but, <laughs> like, everything goes out the window. Like, right. I'm not thinking clearly, and if you let people know, like, hey, these are my signs. These are, like, if I'm doing these right. things, check in on me. Make sure I'm okay. Right. And I think that has been really helpful. And... If you're, if you don't talk about it, like you and I would have never connected on this if no. we didn't talk about it. No, I feel like that was too like one of the ways like we connected was yes. like, hey, I like, I did too. Yes, because we were, this. we were, we went to lunch right. and we were both like, and then it somehow got brought <laughs> right. up because we were like, right. mm, I don't really know how <laughs> right. I want to eat this, but right, but yeah, and it and it shows up so differently for so many different people too. Like, for this is another wild thing. I think a lot of people, when they think eating disorders, they think people who are, like, incredibly skinny. Right. And, like, that was one of my things I wanted to mention, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. too, because, like, when I was diagnosed, I weighed in at the ER at 88 pounds, Holy and I was a 13-year-old. Now, that is extremely unhealthy, and I was malnourished, but, like, in my mind, I thought I was fat. I thought right. I had so much more weight to lose, right. and... Just, like, that's, like, just, like, how the way the brain works yeah. for someone who has an eating disorder, and it's only the outsiders who can really, like, family and close friends mm-hmm. who can see, like, my body was deteriorating. Yeah. And I remember, like, I'll get into, like, how this, how I got diagnosed, but I remember walking into the ER and the doctors talking to me, and they were like, if you wouldn't have come in today, you probably wouldn't have had much longer to live. Oh and God. I was just because I are, I also had um, bradycardia, which is 
um, the slower than expected heart rate. So my heart was beating at less than 60 beats per minute, which was very slow. Um, and that was due to like the malnourishment. Um, but there's also, it is a mental illness. So you can have an eating disorder and be at a perfectly healthy weight mm-hmm. for your age. Yeah. Um, but it's, or it's you, that hidden disorder. Yeah. And you can, or even be overweight. Right. Too. That can, right. That can play in it, play into it too. I know. And people think that it's just like, sometimes it's, oh, just to be skinny. But like right. for me... I was lifting, I had just started to like really work out when things got really bad. And yeah, I was focused on body image, but I also was having a lot of stress and I was dealing with Cena passing. Um, and I was dealing with it in a way. And so my, pro- for me, like the bulimia was, okay, here are all of my problems. I'm going to eat my problems mm-hmm. and then I'm going to throw it up. It's in the toilet, flush it. My problems are gone. Right. Like that's how it was for me. Like, yes, like Yes, I was focused on what my body looked like, but I also was like, it was like a mental flush for me, Mm -hmm. but really it was just like pushing things further down. So yeah. Um, Treatment. Yes. So I, so I, like I said, I was diagnosed in October of 13. I would say my symptoms and behaviors started happening probably like the summer going into my eighth grade year. Okay. Um, that seems crazy, like my eighth grade year. Like right. I'm a senior in college. <laughs> right, right. Going into my eighth grade year, um, I just switched over to start playing field hockey. Okay. Um, I hadn't started yet, but um, I was very into excessively working out, and I got to the point where I would go to work out, and I wouldn't even want to drink water because I thought that was going to make me gain weight. Mm. and completely unhealthy but just like those behaviors started happening and then I found my body reacting to that Mm -hmm. and so then fast forward I my behavior started getting really bad and I the way my eating disorder affected my behaviors was that I was very stuck on the point of fat yeah and so I would, I vividly remember going to the grocery store with my parents and I would look at every nutrition label in the grocery store and I would look at the fat content and I would look and see if a piece of food had fat in it. And if it had say five grams of fat, my eating disorder would tell me I was going to gain five pounds. Mm. And that is just how how screwed up <laughs> yeah. the brain yeah. Yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah. someone who is battling that. this disorder, yeah. how it plays into the behaviors. And for me to think that was normal right. was, like, <laughs> yeah, know, just looking back at it, it's like, I can't even believe right. that, like, fat is good for you. Yes, <laughs> but, yes, 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 but, yes, yes. Um, so, and then I remember it got to the point where I would strictly eat <clears throat> lettuce, fat-free Italian dressing and grapes for every day. And that was strictly all I would eat. And at times I would drink water. But I also got to the point where I was very isolating of myself. And that was one of the factors that really got the attention of like my family Mm -hmm. because I would come home from everything and I would go straight in my room and I would only eat in my room. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to eat in front of other people. Um... 
Did they did they know that when you went to your room, did they know what you were eating, or did nobody have any idea? I feel like over time, they noticed, like, with what my mom was buying for me. Like, I would tell her I would want these things. Yeah. And noticing that everything was fat-free pretzels, fat-free dressing, lettuce, grapes, fruits, different things like that that had no nutritional value whatsoever. Yeah. Um, But for someone who has no knowledge or... Um, any really background of what yeah. an eating disorder is? Would like, have no it's idea. Just like, okay, this is what she wants me to right. buy her. Right. I'm gonna buy it for her. Right. Um. Like kids are weird. Teenagers are weird. Whatever. <laughs> right? We're just They're gonna this... we're just gonna do this. This is what she wants. Right. And middle school, we'll like, <laughs> we'll do this. Whatever. Kids are weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that all happened, and my parents started to realize without me knowing that things were going on and they started taking action and calling my mm-hmm. doctor um so I remember going to my primary care doctor for the first time and him weighing me and my mom expressing her concerns without mm-hmm. me knowing and I was like oh just like a physical your right. eighth grade physical before you go play sports yep and um he was like oh she's gonna gain weight it's it's fine like nothing's wrong with her I love and that. Now, I love when doctors now, are like, everything's fine. Right. And now I, like, reflect on it, and I'm, like, thinking of how little, like, doctors, nurses, really how little they know about the beginning factors of an eating disorder mm-hmm. and, like, the behaviors. And so <laughs> it wouldn't – I would have been diagnosed – Sooner. Sooner. But that my mom went along with, okay, that's fine. Right. She's going to get better. Right. That's what my doctor is telling me. Right. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get better. No. (laughs) I got Mm -mm. worse. And she called the nurse practitioner at my doctor's office. And I still, to this day, see her um, eight years later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I've built such a trust for her because she was the one that said, you know, no, something's Something's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um,. I went in for a weight check, and there was a significant weight loss from the time I saw my doctor to this nurse. Yeah. And they didn't say anything really in front of me until, I remember vividly, the day my mom picked me up from eighth grade in class at school. She picked me up with my grandma in the car, and she took me to Mott Children's Hospital, the ER, um, and she was telling me we were going to the ER because I was sick. And I was like, I'm sick. What are you talking about? Right. Like, I feel fine. I'm fine. And Because you hadn't comprehended. You didn't know. Right. You didn't know. Right. So, and of course, you know, you're in middle school and your mom's picking you up to go to the hospital. In right. In middle class. You're embarrassed. Yeah. You, like, why is my mom calling me down from Right. Like, office? what are you doing? Like, like, what are you doing here? Right. Eighth grade. I don't have parents. Right. I'm a, right. What are those? Right. So, she took me to the ER and a bunch of tests. And they did, like, the heart stuff, which I talked to you about that. And um, I weighed in at 88 pounds. And from there was just, like, a lot of the testing Mm -hmm. and stuff to, like, make sure, like, I was okay. Like, the normal baseline things, like vitals and all of that. Love those. Um, To see, like, if I was going to have to be admitted. I... Thank God I I didn't have to be admitted because I know there are some very serious Mm -hmm. cases um, where you do have to be admitted. Um, I also 
never got to the point where like I wanted to hurt or harm myself, mm-hmm. which a lot of people who go through this, it yeah. comes to that point. Yeah. Um, where then those factors <coughs> would have been into play. It would have been to different. Be in- yeah. Admitted as well. Yeah. Um, but soon after I got accepted into the comprehensive eating disorder clinic okay. at Mott Children's Hospital. Um, and I started out in their PHP program, partial hospitalization okay. program. I didn't know you were at Mott. Yeah. Okay. So I started out doing that, and that was five days a week from 7 a.m. to 3. Oh. I would go there. So you weren't in school anymore. You I got, didn't. So got I got school. school while I was at the hospital. The teachers taught me. They were in communication with um, – Celine. Shit. In eighth grade? In eighth grade. So That's I That's so fun. Wow. What a fun time to <laughs> right. do that. Love yeah. that. Miss out on all those school trips and you know everyone talking about you. Like, why is she not here? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. So it was October, beginning of October. And like I started like soon after the ER situation. And I remember, you know, trick-or-treating. And I was handing out candy at my house in my neighborhood. And I remember people coming up and being yeah. like, well, she's like. <laughs> she's, she's like here she's alive but but one of them I heard him walk away and was like oh I thought that girl was dead <gasps> and I will never forget that because it was like well she's not at school like she hasn't been people have been saying she's sick and it was just like right oh when God. I was diagnosed it was like it happened and I it's just like all the little things it's like, the little things and you know what it's so wild because that comment for you will stick right. with you forever. Right. Just like the girl who told me that I'll never be able to take a pretty picture. Like, that right. shit sticks with it you does. forever. It, it does. sticks with you forever. And it just, like, <clears throat> my biggest worry and fear was missing school because, like, that was, like, one of my, that's something that's very important to yeah. me. It's, like, my education and yeah. school and being around people. Your idea and... of school and mine were very different. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... I never was truly, like, bullied okay. or anything, but I always had that fear of judgment. Sure. People were judging me, and yeah. then for all of a sudden, this girl isn't showing up to school. Right. Um, I did, I remember telling my parents, like, the one thing I wanted before I started this program was to go back for one day to, like, tell my friends, like, yeah. I was going to be gone. Yeah. Um, I just told them, like, I was sick and I had to do some things, but... um. I was really going to treatment, and at Mutt, their focus is patient and family-centered care, so it was a family-centered treatment program, so my mom actually had to take a leave from teaching and go through this program with me, so she was there with me because she had to be there um, for the meals, and she got um, treatment as well on how to help a child going through this. Yeah. Um, on a side note, we will have our moms on here. I feel like we need to <laughs> and talk it, about because if your mom went through all that and Kelly went through all that she did, and they were both at Mott, because I didn't know you were at yeah. Mott, because I was at Mott. Yeah. What's up, girl? So anyway, <laughs> yeah. But and I kudos to my mom for all this because I I was so mean. Oh, <laughs> the irritability was just same skyrocket. I remember. <laughs> I was just talking with my boyfriend about this yesterday because I was like talking about him that I was doing this and I was like I remember I would come home and I'd do Tuesday nights we did dinner at the hospital okay um where my family would come and do that with me but I remember eating dinner at home I got to the point 
where I felt comfortable eating in front of my family, but I would eat in the dining room and they would eat in the in where we eat dinner, like yeah. in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I remember like going around like the corner and like throwing food at my parents because I didn't want to eat it. And yeah. like now like looking back on it, I was like, I was so mean. Yeah. But it, it's like just like thinking back on it, it's like, wow, they put up with so much. So much. Yeah. And like I then remind myself, like, well, that wasn't me. Right. That was, like, my eating disorder doing that behavior. Yeah. Um, but, of course, like, you have to make jokes about it. No. Yeah. Yes. You have to <laughs> like, joke. And you don't. Food fine. Yes. But, you have to joke about the trauma or you right. don't really go through trauma. Right. Or you cry. Yeah. That's okay, yeah, yeah. too. That's but, okay, too. But, yes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's just, like, what your parents go through when you're battling a mental illness. Yeah. It also, they had many sleepless nights of crying. For sure. And realizing, like, wow, our daughter's sick. Yeah. And I feel like that was, like, just, I can't imagine being in their right. situation. No. And, like, even to this day, like, I still will go up to my parents and um, be like, hey, like, that comment really stuck with me. Like. Yeah. Just. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, just so you know. Just so you know, like. I still have an eating disorder. Like, it right. didn't go away. Right. It's <laughs> and, like, still here. For people who don't really understand that, it, it's hard for them to realize, like, our minds are wired to, like, pick up those little comments. Like, yes. about weight and food. Yeah. And it's like, mm, that one, that one hurt. That one hurt. <laughs> that one hurt. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so I went for the PHP program, the partial hospitalization, and then I graduated. Woo! And went to IOP, which is okay. the um, intensive outpatient program, which mm-hmm. was like three days a week. Okay. Um, but I had the choice, like if I wanted to go to school the other days of the week and then do the program. Okay. Whatever days. And I, I decided I wanted to just like be at home the other days mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be that girl that only goes to school three days a week. Right. And then people questioning, like, why? I'd rather just come back and be fully back. Be back, back. yep. So I did that um, for, I believe, like, a month or so. Um, And then graduated from that, and I graduated from the program. But it doesn't just end there. You don't just graduate. Right, you don't just graduate, and then your eating disorder is, like, magically disappeared. And it goes away. So I then like, <coughs> referred to like a therapist and a dietitian and you know in those moments you just hate those people yeah you <laughs> do the dietitian just wants you to eat yeah <laughs> and for someone who has doesn't a want disorder, to doesn't want to eat that's very hard and it's actually kind of crazy because like the dietitian I had she was amazing but she, the way it worked was, like, I had to write down all the food I was eating and do points. Where, like, for someone who has mm. an eating disorder, like, writing things down and, like, tracking what Makes you're you feel eating worse. is really not healthy. And I, I found and advocated for myself that this behavior was actually bringing things back. And yeah. it wasn't healthy for me. So yeah. um, we decided, like... I was really doing good on my own and just quit the whole dietitian thing, but continually saw my therapist and she was awesome. But then it also got to a hard point where my mom was seeing the therapist that I was also seeing. Mm -hmm. So it was hard like to know like my mom talking to her about me and then me talking to her about my mom. Yeah. So like we decided like 
you need to like see different people. Yeah, we need to see other people. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I I don't see her anymore, but actually I did this past month just because <laughs> check in. You got to do in, a check in every in, now and but, then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's just more for like her to see like where I've come and um, yeah bring up things like when someone makes a comment that bothers me and her yeah. checking in to make sure I still know the skills and tools to be able to acknowledge and then recognize and dispel those yeah. misconceptions when they arise because that's the way even though I'm like eight years out of treatment yeah. those, those things still appear in my mind where it's like I really am craving a bowl of ice cream but man I don't need that right but hey right let's have a bowl of ice cream, yes. you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And, but it's that, the way I look at it is I recognize, okay, that thought was in my head. Yep. I don't just, like, dispel it right away. I acknowledge, okay, that's there. And then, you know, like, I recognize that that's not me. Uh-huh. And then I dispel the comment, and I do what my initial thought was, which was I want ice cream, and then I go with that. Yes. Not the... I don't need it. Right. So, like, I go back to my original thought, like, hey, some ice cream sounds really good right now. Yeah. So, um, I go through, like, that step process when those things and thoughts come back into my head. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, the way I've been taught, just through, like, the yeah, really what are intense the, treatment. What are the tools and resources that you have found that help you the most? Yeah, I would say, so, through my treatment, I saw, like, psychiatrists, doctors, the mm-hmm. nurses. Yeah, yeah. But I also had teachers at the hospital I had like art therapists yoga therapists um who would come in and art therapy I had me yeah so that was like part of like my daily schedule I was there like I said from 7 a.m to 3 so a long day most of that time was eating (laughs) yeah um as as it felt right but when really it was probably when really it was like (laughs) probably an hour yeah um but I remember, like, my favorite part of, like, getting through that and just aside from the eating was, like, building the connections with, like, other people that yes. were going through this program with mm-hmm. me. A lot of them were younger than me, but there were also some that were in college, too. But okay. that was, like, they were, like, in a different, like, room and stuff. Yeah. But a lot of it was group therapy, which I found to be very therapeutic. Okay. Um, and I still, like, talk to some of the girls that went through the program with me, which That's is really so cool. cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Social um, media is cool like that, that you can still keep up with right, other people. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so I remember doing, like, the art therapy, and I was actually, like, looking through my, like, basket yesterday of, like, all the things I made. Yeah. And um, I also really liked the yoga therapist that would come in because – for someone who was excessively exercising and then mm-hmm. having that taken away yeah. is like I'm constantly just gaining weight and I can't move. Like yeah. I can't I can't move my body. Yes. Like I remember like the doctors telling my parents like really she has to like minimize walking. Oh my gosh. And like I remember like just wanting to like go to Target for like just like a walk around the store. Yeah. And I couldn't. And you can't do that. Until no. like I was towards the end of treatment where it was like hey, let's go to Target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go for a walk. Um, yeah. But, like, all my sports were taken away from me, Oof. and I couldn't play sports. Um, which is so hard at is, that like, age. Right. And, like, for a lot is. of people, like, sports is, like, 
a way to get out stress. And yeah, it's an it, outlet. It can be very therapeutic to play sports. And I found that the yoga at the hospital, of course, it was very, like, minimal movement. Sure. But it was just sure, a way sure, sure. to, like, connect with my body and, like, do body scans and see, like, how my body was feeling and how it was changing and acknowledging that. And they'd do, like, imagery. And I find myself still, like, doing, like, yoga and things like that just to like connect with I love that my body right now yeah and like where it is and acknowledging like it's okay to feel this way yes so I found like those tools are really helpful and I still like find like listening to music and going and now since I'm at a much healthier state like being able to go for a walk go for a lift and like do things like that those are tools that now I know how to exercise in a healthy way that's not excessive I know how to refuel my body yeah. after a workout yeah. and where in the past I worked out solely to lose weight right. and weigh myself right after and one of the cool activities I remember doing with one of the art therapists was we took a scale and took out the batteries <gasps> and I wrote on the scale what will I gain when I gain so like all of the things I, I lost like my mental capacity to remember things being cold 24-7 because I had no fat on my body to keep me warm and like all of those things I wrote those all on the scale yeah because I remember just weighing myself constantly waiting for the number to go down and then remind like I had that scale like on my on my wall every day when I would come home from treatment and just like remembering all these things that are going to start coming back to me that's so cool when I go through treatment and then I also I had a mirror in my room, and that was one of the things that I just needed to get rid of. Yeah. Like, I was watching my body change. And I used all of the cards that people would send me, and my mom wrote little notes every day at my meals for um, when I was at treatment. Yeah. And I used all the cards and notes and taped them all around my mirror to cover up the mirror itself. So I would look at those notes instead of looking at my body. Which I found to be I very love cool. that. That's yeah. so cool. So now to this day, of course, like I, I have my mirror back, but I'm at a much healthier state where I can look at my body and be like, damn, like I'm good so far. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good with like, this. This is good. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I am much more confident in where I am now and it's just kinda crazy how it like how far it's come. Right. And yeah. like those and for people to like, oh, she's recovered and everything. It, I'm, I'm in remission. You know, right. like you're you're never fully like right. Like yes, I I didn't die, but right. Like, but it's still it, there. It, it, it's still there. Yeah. Like yes, some people do pass away from such mental illness without being diagnosed, mm-hmm. which is common. Yeah. And now to like this day and why like I feel like talking about it is just so important because like my mindset, I used to just not not want to tell anyone about this and, yeah and I felt like it was such like a bad part of who I am and right the stigma behind eating disorders and body image and and everything and like my mindset has just completely changed I love I'm that. now like a member of um the National Eating Disorder Association and I love that and I walk every year at the um eating disorder walk to raise what awareness it's usually in the fall. Sometime. Okay, send me some information because I'll post that in my Instagram yeah. story. This and year, this year it's virtual, but I hate that um, freaking yeah. COVID. 
Dang right. Rona. We're not getting Dang into Rona. that. We're not getting into Rona. Nope. Pass. <laughs> Next topic. Moving on. Right. But, <coughs> so, I've, I've used these outlets and being able to, like, talk and just spread my story and, and yeah. just, like, connect with other people because I have found, and I've done this before, someone has reached out to me, that if I can just, like, change one person's yeah. life and tell them it's okay to go get treatment and, yes. like, tell them it's okay to ask for help because when you're in that, that mental state... You don't, you don't think anything's it. wrong with you, no. and until someone is like, "You really need some help." You really need help, I'm and like, like just being like, "It's okay to go ask for help," and um, still to this day, I ask for help. Yes. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that's just one of the biggest things, and especially like with social media and everything, mm-hmm. like people yeah. editing their pictures and yes, and all of that. Like I find myself just like you know yeah <laughs> I don't even want to like look at that no it's like no and unfollowing people is okay I've talked right. about I've, I've, I've talked that. yeah I've talked yeah. about this before that like it's okay to unfollow people right I have to do that a lot I will go on unfollowing sprees right all the time and that's okay like you need to take care of your mental health and your right. physical like all the things come together but right I'm so dang happy we did this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this was so good. I hope we're, like, reaching people, like... Everywhere! We're going yeah. everywhere. Actually, you know what's freaking wild? I made a TikTok. I didn't really <laughs> want to talk about that. Whatever. I'm going to talk about it anyway. So I made a TikTok, and it currently has 2.8 million views. And I'm like, what in the world? So <clears throat> I had this girl reach out to me on Instagram, and she was talking about... Asking me about my workout split. And... She's like, I'm deaf, so when you talk in your story, she's like, I can't hear you. I'm like, right. oh, okay, so I sent her my split, and she's like, I was like, where are you from? She's like, well, it's funny. She's like, I found you on TikTok, but I'm in Germany. And I'm like, what? It's like reaching people on Across like the country. national this, level. This gets wilder. She has a facial paralysis and is having a surgery like I had in oh October. Gosh. And I'm like, what are the odds? So, right. yeah, social media, this will go everywhere. Yeah. I just feel like, just like spreading the awareness. Of it. And I feel like because of COVID and the pandemic and everything, it's led people to... Yeah. Go lose their shit. (laughs) Right. People are losing their shit. We're losing our marbles. Right. And I did find (coughs) myself, like, during the pandemic, without being able to go anywhere, the gyms were closed. Mm -hmm. And you're just chilling at home, and, yeah, I mean, you gotta eat. Right. I found myself, like, getting that disordered thinking sometimes. Yeah. And then I finally got that dang good Peloton app, and... That saved my life, but... We, you know what? Peloton, I don't use you anymore, but you should sponsor me, because right. the amount of people that I told about the Peloton app, like... Right. When well, I think I reached out to you and was like, hey, get this app. Yes, because, you were the one who told me about because it. Because I was like, hey, like, I was like, the eating disorder community, like, we were all struggling in that time. Yes. And I was like, this app was amazing. So, yes. Um, but I feel like reaching people because of the pandemic too just like mental illness and everything like that is just very at a high right yep, now I feel sure. like so absolutely I feel like this is also like a good time to talk about this because yep. with like kids going back to school oh, and god yeah everything and college students and all of that just like reaching them now because yep. it's yeah absolutely crazy time yeah yes Sweet. Well, this was so good. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. This well, was so you good. Thank you Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Good old Life with Libby. Life with Libby. This was such a good episode, y'all. We're at 40 minutes. Oh, oh my goodness. gosh. You listened to me talk for 40 minutes? Well, they're like, no, Libby. I didn't listen to you talk for 40 minutes. I listened to Carrie talk and you butt oh in every gosh. now and then. But <coughs> this was great. 
Yeah. Thank y'all so much yes, for tuning you, in. Um, share this episode with somebody that you know, or honestly, have them reach out to us. I'm going right. to tag Carrie in this because um, she's an incredible resource and has so many resources that she can forward you on to. But we will see y'all next week on Life with Libby. Bye, y'all. Bye.